99.9 The Mater presents In the Red Zone with Rob Witham. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Massey, Wood, and West and by the Sports Page Grill in downtown Ashland. Just another Monday night in the RBA. Hi, everybody. Rob with them. Thanks so much for being with us. You're live in the red zone here. Again, of course, from the Mater Studios as our social distancing continues. Calvin Cecil on the other side of the now, what, quadruple-plated glass, I think Bill put in to make sure that we all stay safe and sound. And we thank you for being with us here this evening. Coming up in this hour, Virginia High School League makes news that didn't get a whole lot of information or traction out last week. And we're going to talk about it in depth because some things are still going on in spite of the coronavirus. And one of them is the adjustments that the VHSL makes in regions and classifications based on school enrollments and the opening of new schools every two years. And the uh, alignment committee has made their recommendations and approved them. We'll talk about how that's going to affect several schools in the Richmond area, most notably Atlee High School, coming up in this hour. Also in this hour, we are, and I am am very excited about our our guest tonight, and that is uh, Peyton St. George. Peyton, you will remember, uh, began her career uh, kind of fighting for the number one pitching slot for Atlee Softball with Laura Kate Moss. And then as time went on, Peyton kind of asserted herself as the number one and was the starting pitcher for the 2015, 16, and 17 state championships. And then she headed to Duke Softball. And she's had a very good career there as well. But I got to tell you this, uh, last week she published an article uh, on untoldathletes.com, kind of giving her story of some of the issues that she had to deal with making the transition from high school to college uh, and, and trying to learn maybe a bit more about her identity as well as being more than softball. And as you know, we, we spend a lot of time here on this program talking about student athletes and mental health at all levels of action. And Peyton has been kind enough to agree to join us live, and we'll get with her in just a few moments. Right now, though, we're going to begin tonight with what everybody's talking about, and that's the weather. Uh, I'll give you the absolute latest on Tropical Storm ESC, I, I say this all the time to make sure that I remember it, and then when the light's on and I, I try to say it, I can't get it right. ESAEAS, that's much better. Tropical storm ESAEAS forecasted to make landfall somewhere near the South Carolina-North Carolina border this evening. Isn't it crazy how many times hurricanes, if they come inland, end up coming within maybe 100 miles of Cape Fear, North Carolina? It seems to have a magnetic attraction Uh, to storms. Uh, It'll be a strong tropical storm as it continues to track north and northeast. It'll go across eastern Virginia. They're thinking what's left of the eye will pass somewhere between Richmond and Norfolk tomorrow morning. Could be in the Williamsburg area. Could be just east of Williamsburg or just west of Williamsburg. And then it's going to zip out of here pretty quickly. But the problem is the punch it's going to pack while it's here 
It's going to be pretty powerful. We expect conditions across our area to deteriorate late tonight. Tropical storm warning is in effect for our area through tomorrow night. And a flash flood watch will take effect at 10 o'clock tonight and will continue until 10 o'clock tomorrow night. East and right along I-95, that seems to be the bullseye zone. Wind gusts of 55 to 65 miles an hour are possible. Sustained winds of 35 to 40, maybe even 45 are possible. And again, they'll be worse east of I-95. So if you're listening to us in Montpelier tonight, it won't be as bad as it is in Mechanicsville. There's going to be a sharp gradient here, especially with the rain. Um, and with the wind, really, too, you may be in a situation to where you only see gusts of 20 and 25 miles an hour, but you go 20 miles east and they could be 50 miles per hour. It's a, kind of a tight system as well. It's it's not one of those huge ones coming in, uh, but it's got enough of a punch that we need to be very, very, very serious about what happens here in the next 24 hours. We're expecting heavy rainfall amounts of three to six inches, which if we receive that will certainly cause flash flooding in the area. And so I suspect that we will see some flash flood warnings early tomorrow and during the day tomorrow tomorrow here in the metro richmond area and the 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 wind gusts and the tropical storm force wind possibilities are greatest between about three four tomorrow morning until about maybe two or three p.m in the afternoon by this time tomorrow we may still see a lingering storm we may still see some breezy conditions but the bulk of the system will have gone to our north so again tropical storm warning remains in effect for the whole metro richmond area I-95 and Point South. It includes all of Hanover County, all of Chesterfield County, and all of Henrico County, as well as the city of Richmond. There is a risk for tornadoes, but it is going to be most likely uh, in the area toward the coast, Northern Neck, Middle Peninsula, Hampton Roads, although there was a tornado warning up in Orange County this afternoon, which, as you know, is well inland. It's much further west even, even than we are. So we'll have to keep an eye on that, of course. And, of course, we'll keep you posted with SkyScan weather alerts throughout the event right here on the Mater. So let's take our first time out. And when we come back, we will be joined by former Antley and current Duke softball standout Peyton St. George. That's next. Glad you're with us on this Monday night. Stay safe. Back in a minute. You are in the red zone. In the red zone. We'll take a short time out. We'll be right back. So stay tuned to the Mater. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Staudenmeyer and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. There's never been a more important time to make sure the air in your home is clean as well as comfortable. Massey Wood and West, serving Virginia since 1923, is ready to help. Massey Wood and West offers quality cleaning services for your HVAC units and can make sure it's ready for the heat of the summer to come. Massey Wood and West proudly offers Rheem heating and cooling systems. And if it's time to replace that HVAC unit, now is the perfect time to do so. The friendly staff at Massey Wood and West always looks out for your well-being and is working under all CDC guidelines. 
Need a new duct system? Massey Wood & West can handle that too. Plus, Massey Wood & West is proud to offer Ream water heaters. So call 355-1721. Ask for Doug or Al. They'll be glad to help you get ready. 355-1721. Massey Wood & West. Online at MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Millions plan for retirement online. Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home. And give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Reduced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Before we bring Peyton on live here on In the Red Zone, uh, Major League Baseball announcing that there are uh, more positive COVID-19 tests. This time, the St. Louis Cardinals, we are receiving word, and I want to make sure that I get this absolutely correct, uh, seven players and six other members of the Cardinals organization have tested positive for COVID-19, and because of that, Yep, 13 members total. So because of that, their four-game series against the Detroit Tigers, which was scheduled to begin tonight, has been called off. So first we had the break with the Miami Marlins, and they're still trying to get over that, trying to get back into action. And now, unfortunately, the St. Louis Cardinals experiencing the same type of situation. Hopefully our buddy Andrew Kisner is doing A-OK. Well, let me read something to you from an article published last week at untoldathletes.com. These, this is the opening paragraph of a great piece penned by our guest tonight. Quote, there isn't one solid defining moment of my career that I felt like has defined me, yet my freshman year of college was one of the most challenging years of my life just because when I lost my identity in softball, I also lost my identity as a person. It took me a long time for me to realize that softball is something I do. It is not who I am. When I was faced with a rigorous academic calendar and 20 plus hours of practice a week on top of a very poor mental state that crumbled so rapidly, my world fell apart. I was depressed. I was anxious. I no longer had motivation for the things I loved. A game that I had devoted my life to without question no longer brought me happiness. And I had trouble defining myself without softball. End quote. Those are the words of 2017 Atlee High School graduate and current Duke softball standout Peyton St. George. Peyton bravely penned this piece, was posted online this past week. We reached out and asked if she'd come and talk to us a little bit more about it as we do a lot of discussion here on this program about student athletes and mental health. And Peyton has been kind enough to join us live by phone here tonight. Peyton, good evening. It is an honor to have you with us. First of all, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Staying dry out of the rain. Thanks for having me on the show. Fantastic. Well, let me take you a little further back than you took us in the article at untoldathletes.com. And, and that's when uh, you kind of began in, in varsity softball at Atlee. I know you've been playing for quite some time. And when, when you came up, there was this talk for the first year or so um, about it's Atlee having two softball pitchers. I can't hear you. Oh, are we having trouble? Hang on just a second, everybody. Is she having trouble hearing us, Calvin? I'll get Calvin back in the 
in the studio to make sure. Peyton, how's that sound? Okay, you're good now. Is that much better? Okay, good. Yeah. Glad to hear that. Hey, the perils of live radio, what can I tell you? <laughs> uh, let me take you back to your freshman year of high school, starting out with, with varsity softball, and I can remember there for a year or so, you know, trying to determine, well, do we pitch Peyton? Do we pitch Laura Kate? You know, there was there was all of this question because you had two talented players, and, and so we, we didn't see what was, you know, ahead of you in that situation. You were just kind of platooning uh, as a new era kind of got started at Atlee softball. What do you remember about your freshman and then your sophomore seasons up until, uh, let's say, the playoffs of 2015? Tell me about the early days the of Atlee for you. Breaking out a little. Sorry about that. That's okay. Tell me about the um, the early days of Atlee softball for you. Um, I really just think it was easy in high school to have fun. I mean, I was surrounded by all of those teammates who are still now my friends for life and honestly I coming out every day was a new day it was easy to start from scratch when I woke up that morning and really just trying to go out have as much fun as I could and it, it was easy around the girls that I that I was with on the team and you know like even rain is still with me now and I think it's just so easy to be where your feet are in high school when everything's kind of easy and you know as opposed to college when things come a little more difficult when did ch things change for you, Peyton, at Atlee in terms of colleges coming to talk to you and, and recruiting picking up and having to make the decisions that you needed to make down the road? Did, did it coincide with winning that first championship, or was it before that? Um, I mean, I was pretty late in the recruiting process, so I, I did feel a little rushed, but I think things really started to pick up that summer going into junior year. So really sophomore year, fall, that um, recruiting role on September 1st, you can't talk to recruits until they're junior. So I really think that was a, a pretty pivotal year for me. And I think the state championship kind of was just the icing on the cake that year and really gave me the confidence I needed going into travel ball and showcases. So it's easy when you're having fun and it's going travel ball. <laughs> So, Peyton, in the article, and I want you to, to take me back to this day, uh, you say, quote, I vividly remember laying in my bed one morning and my mom sprinting in my room to tell me that Duke just announced they would be starting a softball program in 2017. Uh, do you remember that conversation, obviously, because you quoted your mom here in the article. H how much did that impact you when you found out about that? I, I to this day, it is so just coincidental and weird that that conversation stuck in my head so much just because she was so excited she ran into my room she was like Duke is one of the best schools in the country they're starting a softball program like that would be so cool and I don't know why I just didn't give myself the benefit of the doubt being that young I don't know if it was because I was kind of a late bloomer in pitching and softball and a little late in the recruiting process but I mean fast forward to a few years later and all of that was happening and it was kind of like a no-brainer it didn't I mean I still walk around the Duke campus today and I'm like I cannot believe I go to Duke like I still can't believe it and I didn't believe it when my mom ran into my room and I still don't believe it now that um everything just fell into place the way it did 
and you say that and and you kind of paint that picture but by the same token this was no easy ride for you because you as you mentioned were kind of late into the game from a recruiting standpoint and and yes you had already said yes to duke by the time you wrapped up your career at atley but did, did was there pressure mounting for you once you, you know you guys won the championship again in 16 you won it again in 17 you graduate with three straight titles you're headed now to a brand new program um, it, was there pressure on you? And, and do you remember putting pressure on yourself? I definitely know I put a lot of pressure on myself, much more in college than I did in high school. I think winning three state championships, I mean, it was it's easy to win when you're having fun and you love the girls you're around. And I think coming into college, that transition was so difficult for me was just because I didn't feel as much outside pressure in high school as I did in college, and I definitely put a lot more pressure on myself to succeed in college. I think high school is easy to get by in academics. It's it's honestly nothing like college, and they do the best they can to prepare you, but I think I was, I don't think I was mentally prepared, but I think I was a lot of the burden of that stress. I think me being a perfectionist and going into college softball coming straight out of Atlee, I mean, I love Atlee, I love the three state championship, but I don't want to say it it set me up to fail, but it was a little hard to kind of deal with everything when I was used to all of that success. And it was a little difficult coming in and having to, being faced with a lot of challenges when Atlee softball was just the, the peak of high school at the, after the third state championship and then leaving for Duke only two weeks after that last game. A lot of people, especially in sports, will talk to you if they've reached the pinnacle of their game at whatever level that it is, and will talk about the mental wear and tear as to how hard it was to get there and how much more difficult it is to stay there. So to win one state championship is one thing, but by the time that you and your teammates at Atlee had won that third, I, even even though it was hard and the pressures were, were different, I can see where you are saying that it, it didn't necessarily set you up to fail at Duke, but it didn't do you any favors either once you got to Durham. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, like being pretty vulnerable here now and in my article, like, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the easiest thing to write. And at the end of the day, I was thinking if I, if so many young girls, especially from Atlee, look up to me as a pitcher and a player, then... I need to just sit down and bear through this article and write the truth because at the end of the day, if it only helps one person, then I've done my job. But I just remember sitting in my dorm room freshman year and having feeling like I had nothing else to turn to to kind of bring that confidence back because there were days where I would get on the mound in games at Duke and completely forget either how to pitch or who I was as a pitcher or I just didn't want to pitch anymore. And I did pull up some Atlee Lee Davis film game um, on y'all's website, not going to lie, and that even those little those little screenshots and moments did bring back some confidence, because I think in high school, I, I felt on top of the world. I felt like I was unbeatable, and just trying to get that back, and I think a lot of it in, um, in college was just, Rain says a lot, too, like, put your shoulders back, act like you're the best pitcher out here, even if you don't feel like it. And a lot of the time, I, I did have to fake it till I made it. And I think my body language was a big thing. So even if I didn't feel like the most confident pitcher, if I looked like the most confident pitcher, it was going to come eventually. So just finding ways to get that confidence back and going from just 
like forgetting who I was as a softball player and as a person to just trying to go out and being like my best is better than yours and not really giving the batters the benefit of the doubt which I think I just put way too much pressure on myself in college which when faced with all the academics the new travel schedule you're playing 60 games a season that's a lot when you're missing a ton of classes at Duke and you're trying to catch up to that and you can't even fit time and eat meals and you're only sleeping five hours a night and it's just a really big transition that I I don't want to say I wasn't ready for because I feel like my coaches my teammates and my friends and my parents all prepared me very well I think I just put so much pressure on myself to succeed when I was already pitching against the best of the best especially in the ACC girls that had been there for four years and I wasn't I was no longer at the top of my game in high school but now I can truly go back and say that being thrown to the wolves as a freshman is only going to make me reach that pinnacle that I was at Atlee here at Duke now in the next two years so really just trying to dig deep and find the inner confidence again because it came so easy at Atlee I just had to I just had to find it again so Peyton, do you can you recall when, from a, from a psychological standpoint, uh, uh, about your identity and about confidence? Do you remember when you hit rock bottom and and what the circumstances were and how you began to make the rebound? Um, honestly, there, I felt like I was at rock bottom for a really long time, and I know my parents can attest to this for sure. But I think probably after the ACC tournament freshman year. I think I I was just so upset all the time. I I didn't love softball. I, I honest to God, dreaded going to practice. I dreaded the game. Hmm. I felt like I could never sleep. I, I really just felt like nothing was going right. And I think that break after the ACC tournament was good for me. And um, I just had to remember, like, I am, like, I'm here because I'm worthy to be here. I think a lot of people get to that level and they forget why they're there, what got them there. And I think getting to that point is one of the hardest things and it's easy to forget that like I was worthy of a number and a jersey and I was worthy to be there and I needed to really like I needed to be selfish more I really did and um rock bottom was definitely not a it wasn't really temporary it was it lasted a long time Mm -hmm. but you asked my parents, they would definitely say the same. Wow, and, and, and I'm sure they, they were there just as a parent myself and now a grandparent, just helpless because you're in a situation to where there are some things where I can help you out as a dad or a mom, but there are some things you have to figure out on your own, and it's, it's the most helpless feeling as a parent to be able to sit there and want to help your son or your daughter, but you're not able to do it. You know that this is a road that in this particular stretch, you know, only they could take. So, yeah. Peyton, tell me about uh, the, the comeback, the bounce back. What helped you, and, and, and when did you feel like Peyton again? Um, it really took a while, and I, I don't feel like there were a few solid things that really helped me, or there wasn't really a point where I a switch flipped. I, I think I just became so comfortable being uncomfortable that I just really had to settle in that position, especially being um, like a main finishing pitcher freshman year. I was always put in situations where I, the game could go one way or another. Um, I was put in a lot of bases loaded, no outs, or tight games. And I think a lot of the times when those games didn't go my way, I really took that upon myself to say, like, I let my team down. And now when I am in those situations, I feel like I'm, 
I've grown so much as a player and a person that I'm so comfortable in them that even if they didn't go my way, I would I would be able to come out of it and grow from it. And I think um, we work with a sports psychologist, Greg Dale, at Duke a lot. And something that helped me a lot was um, he says, like, when you leave practice and you put your street clothes on, you're, a, you're just a student here, like trying to make that separation and just knowing that I needed to be where my feet are and really, really trusting that. And it's easy to, to be stressed at softball practice when you know you have an exam tomorrow or you have so much homework waiting for you and you know you're not going to get much sleep to just wake up at 6 a.m. the next day. I think I really, really needed to trust that. Um, I needed to, my head needed to be where my feet were. And I think just waking up every day and knowing I, I was only as good as my last performance and if I had a bad bullpen, then tomorrow would be another day. And it took a very, very long time for me to realize that. And I, I'm not saying I don't struggle now. I still do. And I think every student athlete struggles with this at some point in their career. I just, now me being able to openly speak about it, I feel like it's another growing point as a person. And I, I don't want to say softball is my life and is who I am. It's, it's definitely helped me define who I am especially knowing I had to step away from the game for a little and just make that separation. But I feel like once I did, I was able to grow and just deal with adversity a lot better. And now that I can share my story, which wasn't easy to write, I and I have younger girls reaching out to me and often asking, like, well, what did you do? When did you know? And there really is no definite answer, but I think it's just a matter of being comfortable when you're uncomfortable, whether that's in the classroom, on the field, or just, things that life throws at you because I I feel like I have every choice every resource to be happy or not and I don't want to say I'm I'm happy all the time but I think our life is a lot of choices and um you really just have to grow from the hard ones and I I learned to be uncomfortable a lot and it's just helped me grow a lot Peyton, I know it's not easy to be public about uh, situations like this, and, and we're, we're striving to, and I, I'm going to read the final sentence of your story here in just a couple of moments before we wrap up, uh, because I find it so profound. Uh, but what, what, what kind of made you decide, you know, this is a story that I need to tell um, so I can help others, and at the same time, I'm sure it is also a help, an aid, uh, so to speak, for yourself. How did you make that decision? Um, so the Untold Athletes Instagram page had reached out to me after Haley Cruz, a softball player at Oregon, who is pretty well-known on social media. Um, they said we, we got a lot of attention from the other softball players. Story. We don't have many softball players, especially since Duke is a new team, and we doing some research. We saw you're the first commit, and we would like you to just share anything you want, really. We just want to know your story to get some more softball players out there. and. Hmm. I think I really took it upon myself. I mean, I feel like I could have talked about the up-and-coming success of Duke or something about the team and building the team, but I felt that it was so necessary to be so vulnerable with the public, especially since I feel like a lot of people look at me as a very, very positive light and a positive person, and I think it was important to just share that I can seem like the happiest person ever, but I know deep down I'm having my own struggles, and if that will allow other people to open up then that was exactly what I wanted because I just I oftentimes even I even in high school I really undermined mental health and this sounds pretty bad and I undermined mental health and student athletes especially and when I got to Duke it was it was not all kittens and rainbows like it looks from the outside and 
I knew that I had I had every tutor to succeed in the classroom. I had top of the line facilities. I had a brand new stadium. Team one, like life was perfect and I often was so confused and upset with myself because I thought, well, why am I struggling right now if I have every resource I need? And it's kind of something I have trouble revisiting just because it did take a lot to really grow from and get over. But at the end of the day, what I've learned is that you're going to have the negative thoughts and emotions. And if you put them aside and ignore them, you're never going to address them. And I thought mental health is very similar in that it's so important, but it's so under-addressed. And I felt that I needed to use my platform as a Duke student athlete to speak out about it, especially at a place like Duke. Like I said in the article, you're either trying to outperform or outstruggle one another. And, I mean, sometimes it can be a very toxic culture if you let it. And I just think when you're surrounded by everyone that's won three, four state championships in high school, I mean, it's, it's the normal. It's not like a new thing that you see on campus every day. Everyone is great, and it just becomes – that much more challenging to open up and be vulnerable, which I, I mean, I think Duke needs to be better. I think every other school needs to be better. And we're lucky that we have like sports psychologists and people to help us talk through these things. But I feel that if I couldn't be vulnerable to myself, then how could I ever open up to the public in an article? So it was, it was a little difficult to write, but I'm glad that I was able to kind of touch so many other people with it. I'm glad you did too, Peyton, very much as someone who has struggled with this area for a very, very long time and, and has come to grips with it and realizes it's part of you know my life and that's, uh, it's, it's something that I'll continue to, to, to deal with. And if I'm open about it, hopefully not only will it be self-cathartic, I can also help others in the same situation. What's been the reaction from, from the Duke community and from the softball community at large? Um, I've, I've really gotten a lot of support, and it kind of just, I don't know if it took some people by surprise just because I am, I, I feel like all my friends always say I'm, I'm a positive teammate, I'm a positive friend, I'm always smiling, and I think people knowing that someone who can look so outwardly happy and positive all the time can still be fighting demons inside of themselves, and I think if someone that people look up to as such a positive figure can a message that they feel like that sometimes and I feel like more people will begin to reach out and I've gotten a lot of people reaching out to me sharing their stories whether they're in middle high school or even younger college athletes and just getting to talk to those people and hearing people say that I'm glad you wrote this because I know I'm not alone and mm. I feel like if more athletes did share their experiences the talk around all of the mental health struggles would be would be normal and I was thinking at the end of the day, I'm going to be on my deathbed one day and I'm going to tell like my grandkids or their kids like, yeah, I used to play softball. It's not, it's going to seem like such a small part of my life when all these years have passed by in the future, but I feel like now was the right time to use my platform as a student athlete at Duke because that's going to end in four or five years. So I feel like this was just perfect timing and I... I just didn't want to hold back on anything, really. Hmm. Excellent analogy. Let me, before we let you go, Paige, let me read this final sentence from the article. You said, quote, if we normalize the talk around mental health just as much as we did around wins, losses, and stats, more people may feel comfortable when reaching out for help, end quote. I could not agree with you more. Now, you have one season of eligibility remaining, is that correct? Hopefully we play this year, and if 
Duke allows, we should get another year from this past season that got cut short. Okay. Hopefully two. Yeah, and because I was just sitting here thinking, you know, you've been so brave to come out publicly with this in the midst of a brand new challenge for all of us and for those who have struggled from a psychological standpoint i'm i'm sure back in march when everything got shut down right in the middle of your season that that was something certainly that a you didn't expect and b you had to make serious adjustments correct oh yeah it was i mean probably one of the most shocking upsetting things that's happened at duke so far and I know it was for the safety of the country and it was the right decision, but I think when the game was stripped away so fast within hours Mm -hmm. of we were going to play Florida State the next day and then it was they're not coming on a plane to get here and then a few hours later it was your season is canceled, you have 48 hours to go home. And I think after that, me realizing that my freshman self lost the love for the game so easily and now that's for a few years later when I didn't have the game all of a sudden, I... I almost felt like it was kind of a pivotal moment, especially a few months later, knowing now that the game has given me so much, and if I can't speak on it now when I'm in the midst of my career, then I don't think there will ever be another good time to speak about it. Well, Peyton, may I say, of, of all the great accomplishments that you have had on the field, uh, none have been greater than the words that you put to paper, and, and they are now online at untoldathletes.com. I, I, I applaud your courage. I applaud your uh, uh, ability to open up and to allow people to get a glimpse of, of what you have been experiencing. And allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to let people know, especially those who, you, as you mentioned, looked up to you and continue to do so, so that they understand if they're in a similar situation or if it happens in the future. They are certainly not alone. I applaud your efforts, my friend. And I want to thank you very, very much for being with us tonight. Keep in touch with me. Is that good? Mm-hmm. Will you keep in touch with me? Oh, of course. Thank you for having me <laughs> on the show and just allowing me to speak a little more about and then your words mean the world i appreciate that peyton thank you so much thank you so much peyton st george at least softball now duke softball and you can find that article two ways one at untoldathletes.com you need to read it's a must read untoldathletes.com we've also put a link up to the article on Twitter at Hanover Sports. That's on Twitter at Hanover Sports. And tonight we'll put up a link to it on the website as well at HanoverCountySports.net. We'll take a time out. When we come back, Virginia High School League makes more news. And we'll talk about how it will affect Atlee High School and several other schools in the Metro Richmond area one year from now when hopefully COVID-19 is a distant memory. Back in a moment, you are in the Red Zone. We'll be back with more from the Red Zone after these messages. There's never been a more important time to make sure the air in your home is clean as well as comfortable. Massey Wood and West, serving Virginia since 1923, is ready to help. Massey Wood and West offers quality cleaning services for your HVAC units and can make sure it's ready for the heat of the summer to come. Massey Wood and West proudly offers Rheem heating and cooling systems. And if it's time to replace that HVAC unit, now is the perfect time to do so. The friendly staff at Massey Wood and West always looks out for your well-being and is working under all CDC guidelines. 
Need a new duct system? Massey Wood & West can handle that too. Plus, Massey Wood & West is proud to offer Ream water heaters. So call 355-1721. Ask for Doug or Al. They'll be glad to help you get ready. 355-1721. Massey Wood & West. Online at MasseyWoodAndWest.com. That's MasseyWoodAndWest.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-418-0534. 800-418-0534. 800-418-0534. Some butterflies can travel over 2,000 miles. An inchworm can crawl up to one. A ladybug was once clocked at 5 miles per hour. A dragonfly, over 35. It's amazing what little things can do. At CJ's Thumbs Up Foundation, we've been using small donations to make big differences for children with life-threatening illnesses. Find out how at cjstuff.org. in the red zone again a huge a huge thank you to Peyton St. George for uh, being with us tonight and at the same time um, uh, being so open uh, so she can help other people uh, in, in her struggle and it is you, you would never know from someone like Peyton that always has a, a sweet disposition a good personality uh, one of the advantages I always felt that she had in the circle as a pitcher during her career at Atley was the fact that you couldn't tell anything that was going through her mind by looking at her face, whether she had just, you know, retired her 17th consecutive batter or if she had just given up a grand slam home run. You could not see anything. She would not let you know what was going on uh, in that in that process that's going on. And it's a very, very special one. If you are a pitcher, either in baseball or softball, it's I kind of liken it to being the goaltender in hockey. I, I think those particular um uh, uh, skill sets in those sports are some of the most difficult from a psychological standpoint um, in sports. Uh, and, and I look at pitching that way because, again, baseball and softball are so unique because there's no clock. You don't run out of time. You run out of opportunity. And as a pitcher, you're trying to squander the opportunity of the opponent. It's not something that you're trying to do before a clock uh, runs out and a horn sounds you have all the time in the world to get it done the question is do you have the mental toughness to do it and so it it, it puts you in a situation to where sometimes you kind of paint a picture of yourself uh to where maybe you're you're not even being true to yourself and and, and i think peyton did a fantastic job in that article and relating to us tonight how you know if there was any type of facade that was there 
it, it certainly was exposed that freshman year at Duke. And, and yes, it took a while for her to, to kind of start the bounce back, but she's understood it and she's better for it. And, and I loved when she was talking about perspective of, you know, when she's on her deathbed talking to her grandparents, uh, grandkids and great grandkids and, and remembering back, hopefully when she's 95, you know, that, that softball was a part of my life at one time. It's a dominant part now, but 50 years from now, it'll be part of an entire narrative. Uh, and, and for everyone uh, who takes up sports seriously and, and becomes a student athlete and makes it to a high level of college, even if you never play a professional game, um, to play in Division One sports is very, very difficult. It's also an honor. Um, so it, it, it's a situation to where it, it's yeah. You know, some people go, well, you should be thankful for this opportunity. And, and they are. They all are. It's not that they're not thankful for the opportunity. Those of us who never experienced that don't understand the pressures that are going on. And I have talked to other athletes that have gone division one and have um, not gone through their four years in whatever sport they were specializing in and and you know the various reasons one because i i, I really realize now that i need to focus on my academics um you know and and sometimes that transitions that means you know you're going from being on a scholarship to where if you willingly give that up you may lose that and then suddenly you've got this huge bill down the road, but you're willing to do it because you feel like it's the right thing to do. Um, it's a lot going on for the lives of, you know, you start thinking about it, the recruiting process. And, and that's another story for another day uh, that that is uh, been reined in a little bit. But, you know, I'm I'm seeing, you know, kids getting major verbal offers in sports who won't haven't even stepped foot in their high school yet. And I'm not talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about their rising ninth graders. So without a coronavirus, they still would not have walked into their high school campus for the first time as a student athlete, as a freshman, until a month from now. And there are Division I colleges talking to them about scholarships in 2024. Um, that, that, that's a whole lot for someone who may only be 14 years old. To, I mean, when I was 14 years old, uh, my worries were, you know, the girl that I had a crush on and, and why, you know, she didn't return the favor and, and you know, missing my friends during summer vacation because back then there was no social media and there was the thing called long distance phone calls that my dad wouldn't let me make. And, you know, life was so different back then. But I, I don't know if I had had a particular skill set in a sport and, and, you know, Duke or UVA or Tech you know, was starting to send me letters at the age of 14, I think there could be two issues that would come up negatively. Number one, it, it would freak me out because of adult decisions at such a young age. But number two, it could also make me cocky as all get out and make me think I'm the coolest person in the world and walk into school one day, look, everybody, you know, um, Virginia Tech wants me, you know, do, do they want you, you know, and, and that's the last thing you want to have is that effect uh, your attitude and your spirit and those types of things as well. So, uh, again, I, I cannot emphasize enough how much I appreciate Peyton for her openness, for the article, for deciding to, to take advantage of the platform that she's in right now and for joining us tonight. And we will have this up as a podcast, ECES um, willing, by tomorrow uh, on uh, rvasportsnetwork.com and hanovercountysports.net. 
Okay, there is more news to talk about from a sports standpoint. Virginia High School League Alignment Committee met last week. In the midst of everything that's going on, there's been, of course, all the attention about whether or not there were going to be sports in the fall at the high school level. That decision came out a week ago today, um, planning the third model to where fall sports were not canceled. They were postponed and placed into a kind of a special season between mid-February and the end of April. And uh, they're, they're still working on guidelines for that, that uh, the first sports to play this year hopefully will be winter sports coming up in mid-December, and each of the seasons will be shorter. Uh, you know, we don't know whether or not there are going to be playoffs or, or state championships. Uh, to be honest with you, I would lean on the side of doubting that they would happen. I think right now the Virginia High School League, if, if they're pressed to try to do one thing successfully, it will be the opportunity for the kids to have a season to be able to at least get out on their field of play whatever it may be indoors or outdoors and get a season done Uh, what they don't want to see is what happened to the spring sport student athletes of the class of 2020 i mean literally on the eve of their season beginning they were scrimmaging and wrapping up final practices and opening day was going to be on the 16th of march And five days before that, on the 11th, everything collapsed. And on the 12th, the plug was pulled. And uh, they're they're trying desperately so that the class of 2021 uh, doesn't become the first class. You know, and I think we'd probably have to go back in the history books. I haven't looked at the VHSL record book, and I've meant to do this. Um, You know, to see the win the last time they had to cancel state championships. I, I suspect it was probably World War II. Uh, or maybe even earlier than that. And the VHSL has been around since 1913. So we've had all of that discussion, but in the midst, it is this time every two years, July, August, where the Alignment Committee meets to discuss how they're going to shift schools in regions and in classifications. If you've ever wondered, Rob, why is my school in class X? And, and why isn't it in class Y? Okay. The answer is enrollment. The schools in the Commonwealth that have the largest enrollment are in class six. Then the next largest group is in class five and so on down the line until you get to class one. And they try to split them as evenly as possible, taking into some consideration geography issues. So the mid-cycle plan, every four years, there's a new plan. But in the two-year mark of that four-year plan, adjustments are made because of changes in enrollment. And it seems like every year there's a new school opening in Northern Virginia. So every other year, there's at least one and maybe two schools that have to be placed into a classification and into a region because they didn't exist two years previously so in light of all of that the committee approved their recommendation now there are now times for appeal and the final vote will be taken early early in the fall but here are the changes in the area that we are looking at number one atley will be moving from class five down to class four To me, that is the biggest news out of everything that came out of the committee's decision. And the reason why is this. Since the major re-imaging of the Virginia High School League back in 2013, when the districts uh, basically were done away with, with the exception of using them for regular season scheduling, and we went to the conference regional format for playoffs, and then eventually the conferences were done away with, 
a couple of years ago, and we're now in a situation to where we end the regular season, we go straight into regional tournament play and then state tournament play. Um, since 2013, we have never had a season where all four Hanover County schools were in the same region. And, of course, back in the old days, from 1970 to 2012, when all of the schools in the area played in the old central region, when we got to the postseason, Atlee, the former Lee Davis, Patrick Henry, and then Hanover when they opened, um, obviously Atlee when they opened, too, back in 1991, um, were all in the same region. So it was possible that those teams could see each other in the postseason and then in 2013 that all changed you'll remember hanover became an island under themselves because they were the only ones to be in the old group 4a the other schools were in group 5a and then we had a couple of years to where atley and patrick henry were in a conference along with some schools all around the commonwealth from halifax county you know all the way to gosh who else was in that um, Albemarle was in it. Patrick Henry of Roanoke was in it. The old Conference 16. And Atlee and Lee Davis stayed in Conference 11. And so what happened back then is that we'd get into the postseason in basketball or baseball or softball. And we'd find ourselves, and that's how Atlee and Lee Davis ended up playing for the 2017 Softball State Championship, was Atlee was coming out of the North re- region of, of that group, of the old group 5A, and Lee Davis was coming out of the South. Because Lee Davis's conference was in the South region, 5A South, and Atlee and Patrick Henry's conference, 16, was in 5A North. So fast forward and getting rid of the conferences and just having regions, Hanover always has been in Class 4. They're now known as classes rather than groups. And Patrick Henry joined them in 4. Then Lee Davis joined them this past year in 4. And so this year, for example, in football, Atlee was looking for a playoff bid in the same division as Highland Springs and Manchester and Verina, et cetera, while Patrick Henry and Lee Davis and Hanover were in the same one as Monacan and Dinwiddie and Eastern View and Louisa, et cetera. With Atlee moving from five to four, that would put Atlee in the same region with Patrick Henry with the former Lee Davis and with Hanover. So that's the big news. The big news for Henrico County is that all nine schools have been in Class 5 for the last several years, but two of them will be moving down to Class 4, and they are Verina and Henrico. That is very big news when it comes to football, and it becomes very big news when it comes to basketball. Let me put it this way. Lake Taylor if you'll recall, beat Patrick Henry 36-35 in the state um, class four state semifinals in football back in December. And Lake Taylor went on to win the state championship the next Saturday. In the regular season, Verina played Lake Taylor and destroyed them. Simple as that. I I don't remember the final score, but I know they hung 50 points on who ended up being the class four state champions. So had this year Verina been in class four, they, they may have rolled to a state championship. So I know Verina is going to be excited. Now, here's what we lose. This year, it was Verina who finally ended Highland Springs' four-year run as state champions and ended their 40-game winning streak in the region playoffs, in the semifinals. Verina finally vanquished their biggest rival and ended their reign as state champions. 
Well, starting next fall, in the fall of 2021, when we get to the postseason, Verona and Highland Springs will be in different classes and therefore won't meet in the postseason. They can't meet in the postseason in football. They can't meet in the postseason in, in basketball. Henrico, who's been trying to beat Highland Springs in football for the last four or five years now, and, and seems to, to that's their kind of their stumbling block, as it were, and sometimes it's in the, in the postseason where they lose. They won't be there any longer. So there's going to be a lot of changes coming, not just to Atlee and the shape of Hanover County, but the eastern end of Henrico, too, if this is finally approved. So Verina would go down, Henrico would go down, Matoica would also go down. The one school in Chesterfield that would move down would be them. And this region now all of a sudden is proposed to have 21 teams, which is by far the most in the entire state of all of the regions, and there are, what, 24 of them. Uh, I don't see any way that they can have 21 teams in a region, especially if in football there are only eight that can make the playoffs. And then in, in, in you know sports like basketball and baseball and softball, what do you do? Take 12 of 21, 16 of 21? You know, how long is it going to take? And how fair is it that you have 21 teams in your region and another region in Class 4, Region D, out in the western part of the state, only has eight? And so probably everybody will make the postseason. It doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are. So there's going to be some things that need to be changed in that. And this all takes effect next August, not this year. This does not affect where we are in 2020, 2021. This would take effect in the fall of 2021. Final approval will come in September. And as it continues, we will keep you posted. Up against the top of the hour, need to take a final break real quick. Come back, wrap things up in a moment. There's more to come right after this short break. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. 800-600-9969. That's 800-600-9969. to go over. First of all, a big thank you to our sponsors tonight, Massey Wood and West at 355-1721 taking care of your HVAC units and I know the calendar just flipped to August so you know what? It may not be a bad idea once we get this tropical storm out of the way to make sure you're good to go for the winter to come. 355-1721 and our friends at We Think It Inc. All the printing stuff that you need, business and letterheads and brochures and banners and they've got you covered right there on England Street in the heart of the center of the universe we think in ink.
Inc.com. Next round of major rain, friends from ESC. Isaias is coming. Uh, it's in Petersburg now into southern Chesterfield County. Everything's moving from south to north here in the next 18 hours or so as this tropical storm moves in and then moves through tomorrow morning. Uh, so, yeah, very heavy rain right up the I-95 corridor now, right below downtown Richmond, down through Chester toward Petersburg at the 95-85 split. So I suspect... Um, here in Ashland, we'll be having some downpours here in the next 30 to 45 minutes, and it's going to be that way throughout the night and very steadily tomorrow uh, from about 4 in the morning until probably noon, maybe 2 p.m. It will be the heaviest time for the precipitation, the winds as well. And uh, I just did this before I uh, came on the air tonight. I downloaded Dominion Energy's app. So if you lose electricity during the storm, you can automatically just press a couple of buttons on your phone and uh, you can uh, send them the power outage information. So make sure go to Dominion Energy Virginia, uh, either at the Apple Store or at Google Play. That's a good idea to download that tonight. I just did about an hour or so ago. Thanks again to Peyton St. George for joining us tonight. To Calvin Cecil on the other side. Back next week with another edition of In the Red Zone and back with the ABCs of the Mater here in just a moment. Have a good night, everybody. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a production of WHAN Radio. Our producer is Calvin Cecil. Executive producer is William Roberts. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a copyright production of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC. Any rebroadcast or reproduction in part or in whole without the express written consent of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC is strictly prohibited.